Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Alex Koch. Uh, Alex, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, absolutely. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Alex Koch. I am the principal and founder of Insight Legal, which is a law firm located downtown Toronto. We focus mostly on working with startups and small to medium-sized businesses on helping them with their legal needs. And we also have a real estate practice helping our clients buy, sell, finance, commercial and residential real estate. Naturally, both of those areas of practice go hand in hand together. And so we help a lot of real estate investors with their investment portfolios and helping them manage their corporate side of their business as well as actually closing on their real estate transactions. That's awesome. That's a lot of different things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I know even way back, I talked to you about even like registering private loans. And I think you guys can do all that side of it and everything too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Private loans is a big component of uh, real estate investment. Usually when people start buying out a lot of properties, they don't qualify for institutional mortgages as much. So private mortgages tend to be a big player once you start investing more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Alex, we'll jump right into this. Um, what I got you on the show for is I see all kinds of posts on Facebook and Kijiji and Craigslist. Um, a, a lot of uh, very broad uh, advertisements for investments, uh, like to partner with people, to work with, um, you know, to lend money. Uh, what I wanted to find out was what is legal? Um, what kind of things can we actually do? And what are some of the no-nos? What are, what are we crossing the line on? Well, in, in terms of soliciting money from the general public, so people that are not your family and friends, that is in general a big no-no. So the, the government is relatively strict on people taking money from people they don't know, promising them some sort of return, and then uh, you know, investing that money into something else. Yeah. This often comes up in the context of investment in corporations. So the Ontario Securities Commission is the one that's the watchdog for something like this. And so a company is not allowed to issue shares in exchange for money to someone that's not exempt under the law. And usually the people that are exempt under the law are either friends and family or people who are accredited investors. So investors with enough wealth but the government doesn't necessarily need to protect them as much. So um, in the real estate context, this does come up. This comes up in the corporate side. So when people do want to issue shares in exchange for money, but then sometimes people just want to partner in other ways, either through a joint venture or possibly just purchasing a property together and all of that. So it ultimately still boils down to what's the goal of the law. The law is looking to protect the general public from losing their money. And so they don't necessarily want to encourage people to solicit money essentially from the general public. So whether it's the Securities Commission, whether it'll go under, depending on which structure you choose, and it'll be a different governing body that will supervise the whole transaction. But again, uh, taking money from the general public is generally a big no-no. So you said the Securities Commission is the the policy or the the governing body on this. Um, are they actually like going through Facebook, uh, going through you know all these different social platforms, or is it more that it only comes up whenever an issue arises? 
Well, I, I suppose they technically could, right, yeah. supervise and watch over this. I don't know if they necessarily supervise every single Facebook post or anything that happens. So that's probably why you're seeing a lot of this. And I get a lot of my clients asking me this question and what happens. The common phrase that I hear is, well, other people are doing it. But just because other people are doing it doesn't mean that it's legal. Yes, there are a lot of Facebook posts, uh, but it doesn't mean that that they're doing it in proper way. It could have been just that they're not caught. Usually, if, if enough people get hurt, then, of course, the Securities Commission is going to hear about it. And then that's when it'll, it'll come to play. Um, generally, because people think that the Securities Commission will deal with uh, corporations in general, but really it is the the way that the law is defined is it's purposely meant to be broad. And so if you ever look at the definition of a security, it's it's, it's, uh, defined broadly in that it's kind of a promise of a return in exchange for the money that's given to you. And so it doesn't have to be in a corporate context. You could interpret it if you wanted to be that it could be a joint venture interest or a partnership interest or anything along those lines, as long as there's some sort of return promised for a piece of paper that says you own something. Gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of the, the, the that's kind of like I was thinking it was going to go to. Um, and a lot of it, I was thinking that it wasn't going to be an issue until somebody got caught. Like if I don't think that most companies don't have the policing power to just be doing this. But the, the problem is, is if you keep doing it and then eventually they're going to go, it turns into an issue or you've n- not been able to promise what you said you could promise that they're going to go probably looking for what else you've been doing online uh, and you could open a whole can of worms. Of course, absolutely. And what I like to also think about is that whenever, if you're soliciting money from, let's say, people on Facebook and that aren't accredited investors, it means they don't have a lot of money to give. And so if a person that only has $10,000 to invest and they lose all of their $10,000, let's say, you're going to hear about it and there's going to be a lot of complaints. Yes. Totally agree. Um, so to completely break this down into really simple examples, uh, posting on Facebook to say you're asking for money is a no-no. Go <laughs> 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 posting on Facebook that you you have this amazing deal and you can offer uh, uh, a crazy return to somebody is a no-no. Uh, asking, saying you have this crazy deal and you're looking for a joint venture is a no-no. Do you have suggestions of ways that would be the better way to do this? Sorry, I didn't really, (laughs) I'm sort of throwing some of these at you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, one thing, so just to reiterate that it's not the posting that's the problem, let's say. It's the accepting of money from people, from the general public, essentially. So anyone that doesn't qualify for that exemption. So technically you can post on Facebook and say that I'm advertising for my friends and family. And if your friends and family truly invest in your, your business, technically, you know, you're just finding, you found a way to communicate with people that you really know. So that's, that's a big thing just to make sure that you're not actually taking money from the general public. And again, the, and the other question that comes up a lot is that if it's your friends on Facebook, then, well, we're friends. So of course, they go under that exemption, but it's not quite how that works. Okay. It has to be, the government makes it your responsibility. It's the company that's going to be, or you as a person that's collecting money, that's going to be liable for all of this. So you have to really be able to prove that someone is truly your friend, not just someone that added you on Facebook. Now, so the, the better way to do it, I guess, it's to try to limit the network. 
So truly, truly, what I tell my clients is when you're taking money from friends and family, for example, make sure these are truly your friends. So make note of how you know this person, how many times you've met, where you're meeting them, what your relationship is like, so that if there was ever an issue, you have this ledger of how you truly know this person, whether you're really friends and family, and so do they really qualify for that exemption? And then same thing if you're working with wealthier individuals. Again, the government makes it your responsibility to check that you're not taking money from the general public. So double check, do people really qualify for an exemption? Are they an accredited investor under the law? So do your, your background check, your due diligence on really checking that the, the people have the wealth essentially in order to qualify under that exemption. Makes a lot of sense. Last question. Um, it, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but if you've, have you heard of people getting in trouble for this and what kind of penalty do they get? Do people get in trouble for this? Yes. That's why we have the Securities <laughs> Commission. They're in litigation all the time okay. uh, with various, and there's, there's different ways. So it's hard to say exactly which scheme people get in trouble with. I don't mean scheme as in yep. something shady that you're doing, but just what, whether you chose to do it through a corporation, partnership, joint venture, and all of that. So yes, people do get in trouble. The amount of damage really depends. Um, it depends on how much people lost, how much it ended up costing them as a result of this loss. And then on top of that, there's, of course, penalties, fines, and things like that that the government is going to add to it, which are also going to be thousands and thousands of dollars. So it, it really depends a lot of the time. Um, if somebody's actually getting punished by the Securities Commission, then it'll probably be a pretty costly thing to go through. I can imagine. Uh, Alex, if people wanted to get a hold of you to use you for some of your services, um, what would be the best way to track you down? I could be contacted by phone or by email. Uh, probably you can see all of my contact information on my website. It's insightlawyers.com. And then my email and my phone number is listed on there as well. Perfect. Thank you so much, Alex. This is one of those questions that I get all the time we talk about it at meetups all the time at least we did when we did meetups <laughs> and <laughs> people are always wondering like can i do this can i not do this and how should i do this and i think we answered a lot of things i i know that people can now that they know what they shouldn't do they could probably get creative and do some things that are uh, you know on the up and up in order to be able to attract people themselves get to know people and then do a, a joint venture or raise some money off of them yeah, exactly. I don't think the goal of the government is not to prevent people from making money, but it's just to protect the public. So as long as everyone takes the right steps and actually does all their due diligence, then I think the government definitely encourages you to make money and invest and do all of that. Yeah, just want to keep it safe for everybody. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Alex. I really appreciate of it. Of course. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Alex.